Brittany is the Celtic corner of France. It promises visitors plenty of mysteries and misty weather with an ample supply of good food, music, and conviviality. Mark Seymour was born across the channel in Britain, but today he makes his home in the rocky hills of Brittany. And Virginie Moret is a born and raised Breton. There are guides today as we take a deeper look at Brittany. Virginie and Mark, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. Virginie, first of all, just how would you describe Brittany? What is it? Well, Brittany is very different from the rest of France. There's, you will find uh, rough people, and because of the climate, we have harsh weather, beautiful weather sometimes, but at times harsh rough weather. Rough people and rough climate. Yes, you have okay. to adapt to the land where you are. And um, this is a place where you'll have people with a character, the personality that is very strong. They have their ideas and you can't change their way easily. Uh, the Breton people also move a lot. You see a lot of Breton people anywhere you go in the world. So we are people who like to travel. We have coast. I mean, Brittany is not an island, but we are surrounded by three, you know, big pieces of, of a sea. And we are people who, who love to travel. So we expatriate really well. Where are the major Britain communities outside of France? You actually, uh, I used to study a little bit of the Breton language. And supposedly we have more Breton speakers in New York than we have in Brittany. So I do not know about that. I think that's something that the Breton are Britain proud speakers. to say. Yes, well, but there's not many Britain But there are a lot of them. If you if you find a crepe stand in yeah. uh, in New York, it's probably Britain someone right. originally okay. from Brittany. And where do you live in Brittany? Uh, Quimper. Quimper is in the southwest of Brittany. Okay. And a summer home in the northwest, in oh, the Baie so de Morlaix. You summer and you winter in Britain. Yes. Uh, true People Britain. love the sea in Brittany. Ah, right. And Mark Seymour, you're from England, uh, but you're from the uh, Celtic part of England, from yes. the, the southwest of England. How did you end up in Brittany, and, and why do you choose to live there? Um, I moved back to Europe about three and a half years ago. I'd been living in the States for a lot of years. Just had that inclination to go back to home territory. Britain, unfortunately, had become too expensive for me, uh, particularly my part of Britain. So the, Britain became too expensive, the southwest, Devon and Cornwall. very, very expensive. It, uh, why is that? Prices. Because it's all a tourist destination and sort of resorts for wealthy people in London? Became very popular. London's expanding. Yeah. People moved down to the oh, West okay. Country, yeah. You wanted to mm-hmm. stay in a Celtic region, but you went across the English Channel to Brittany. Exactly, exactly. And I find that Brittany, to me, it's a land of myths and legends, just like Devon and Cornwall. How so? Standing stones. Um, Virginie mentioned the coastline, you know, pirates, piracy, wreckers, uh, lighthouses. We have the legends of the King Arthur King who Arthur. spent some time King in Arthur, Brittany. I thought he was just a, a myth of uh, Cornwall, but he's a oh, myth of have, uh, Brittany. We have Brittany him too. too. Yes. All right. Yes, absolutely. And talk about the standing stones, because you think about standing stones, Stonehenge type things all over southern England, but in Brittany also. Oh, many, many more. Many, many more in Brittany. It's the epicenter when it comes to standing stones. Thousands and thousands and thousands. Of standing stones. Really? Now, so if you're in France and you want that wonder of Stonehenge and you're going to be in France, Karnak is the place, right? Karnak is, uh, is it's a World Heritage Site. Um, there are approaching 4,000 stones in various alignments and burial mounds scattered all over the Karnak area. Mm-hmm. But there are other very significant sites scattered all over the peninsula of Brittany. My favorite is a place called Saint-Just. Um, it's one of the smaller ones. I think it's some little Breton's uh, shopping mall of uh, standing stones going back 7,000 years. Every single stone in this alignment is of a different color, different shape, a different size. And I think it was somebody's sample shop 10,000 years ago. Definitely. And you can walk in your own backyard. You just go for a small walk and you'll find a menhir, a standing stone. 
Everybody men, has their men own. Menhir? Menhir. In, in French? Menhir. And in English, we say menhir? Menhir. Right. Menhir. Okay, so that's a single standing stone. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's been there for 4,000 years, 5,000 years, what? In Britain, two and a half to four and a half thousand years. Okay, um, now I'm talking to a Brit here, and we're talking about you leaving Britain for Brittany. How did yes, that happen? Yes. Why is Brittany called Brittany when you're living from it's, Great Britain? It's Little Britain. Um, it goes back to the days when uh, the Romans were basically naming groups of people all over what was to them the unknown world. The word Britton or Bresson um, came into play for a lot of people who were occupying that part of, of what. Oh, so the Romans... Outside of the Gaulish So so that was just basically saying people who are way out in the sticks. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's the ancient Roman for hicks, hillbillies. (laughs) Oh, I'm, I'm talking like a Parisian, forgive me. I'm Rick Steves, this is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about Brittany, a beautiful corner of France, mm-hmm. a highly sophisticated, highly cultured part of Europe, with two people who uh, really, it sounds like, have Brittany in their blood, Virginie Moret and Mark Seymour. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Stacy's on the line from Sugarland, Texas. Greetings, thank you. I am a huge Celtic music fan, and I would love the chance to hear some live traditional Breton music. I also play the Scottish Highland pipe, and I would love to take some lessons and learn some of the Breton style. How would I go about researching that? Um, you'll find uh, uh, Celtic music right across the peninsula of Brittany. But there's a, a world-class, hugely famous uh, festival that takes place on the southwest coast of Brittany every single year. Um, and Where's it, it's that? At the Le... Festival Interceltique de Lorient. De Lorient. De Lorient. L-O-R-I-E-N-T? Correct. Okay, there's the town. I got you. Which is the biggest in the world. And you have uh, people coming from all of the Celtic The yes. Celtic festival. Yes. In the really? world. Yes. Oh, now that's yes. very important, Stacey. Yes. Lorient. L-O-R-I-E-N-T. The, the big jamming together of all Definitely. the Celtic musicians. But if you come in the summer in, in Brittany, you can learn the music and the dance. And we have lots of what we call festnos which is a Breton word for uh, night, feast, fest, nose. And you can learn to dance with local. Whether you know it or not, they'll take you by the little finger and you'll just get to dance around with them and listen to the accordion and all of the other, uh, the binu, all of the, the backpipes, everything we have. And You know, some of the language might have had a tough time surviving, but the passion for Celtic music survives very well in Galicia, in Spain. Mm-hmm. Yes. I definitely. just felt so Irish there. To me, it was just a beautiful sort of connection of Spanish and Irish culture. And you have it, of course, in Cornwall and Devon, in southwest England, where the language died, but the Celtic tradition is alive. Of course, Wales and Scotland and mm-hmm. Brittany. The Roman people just pushed us all over when they conquered, and we got stuck in the extremities, the western extremity, northwest of Spain, of uh, France, right. and so the then Celtic people left, were, were we stayed pushed. there. And yes. maybe and, you know about yeah. Asterix, 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 so maybe that was the hard to live off of land, the land that was more rough and difficult to farm. That was not as interesting, maybe. So for the, the Romans the decided, mm-hmm. ah, we'll give it to the let the barbarians hang out there, and the Romans didn't try to take it, and you guys mm-hmm. were tough and not worth the trouble. And wound up playing bagpipes on far distant hillsides. Yes, Stacy, there you go. Excellent. I I look forward to uh, to expanding my repertoire sometime <laughs> very soon. <laughs> Have fun on your trip, Stacy. Thanks for your call. Thank you. And Lisa's on the phone in Puyallup, Washington. Lisa, thanks for your call. Thank you so much. Um, I just wanted to share that we spent a week in Brittany last fall, and um, we had a wonderful time. We. We did go to Kemper, and we especially loved the folk art museum there. 
The costumes were wonderful, and the art was very interesting. They were, in fact, doing a comparison between um, the art in the southern England and, and in Brittany and doing sort of a trade-off and matching costumes to the art, and it was really fascinating. Lisa, excuse me, is that a permanent exhibit in the Folk Museum in Kemper? Well, I think it is not a permanent. It is a temporary exhibit. Actually, Rick, I can answer that for you. I mm-hmm. went to the same exhibit, mm-hmm. and it was superb, wasn't it? It was beautiful, wonderfully yes. done, and it was a temporary. Okay, um, but there it, is a folk art museum where you can see similar quality uh, examples of, of uh, traditional very, very Britain culture. Yes, it, the um, museum actually started with very early, actually pre-Roman artifacts, and but the costume part was what was especially interesting to me with... You can see all the very, very fine work of the Breton costumes and, of mm. course, the headpieces, the headdresses, mm. and their um, very interesting um, progression over the years. It was quite a specific exhibit, but very even interesting to my husband. Even interesting to your husband. <laughs> wow, write that one down. Hey, Lisa, you, I have a tough time, to be honest, uh, differentiating from all the towns that are in Brittany. I mean, there's a lot of attractions, but what stands out in your mind after your experiences of uh, two or three places people should be sure to have on their list when they're going to visit Brittany? Well, um, we really enjoyed Dinard. I know that it is thought of as a resort town and maybe sort of written off. Now, However, now, by the way, Dinard is right, it's near Mont Saint-Michel, D-I-N-A-R-D, up on the, the north northeast I, coast. Yes, yeah. it's just across the bay from Saint-Malo. Right. And, in fact, it, it is and was a resort town, uh, a Belle Epoque at the turn of the century. Mm-hmm. Many beautiful homes were built there, and they're in a very interesting Dinardaise style. Uh, they have their own style, and they're just very... Um, evocative of another era and there is this walk that goes all along the coastline and the coastline is very jagged and interesting mm. and all these mm. tumbled stones and little inlets and it's called the Sentier de Douanier. Mm-hmm. It's the custom officer's walk. So mm. the custom officer would walk that every day to see if any ships had come in so of course they could assess you know, duty on them, and it's a very beautiful walk. I think if it was raining, it could be dangerous, some parts (laughs) of it, but but it takes you back in in history, and it makes you feel like you're a part of another time, and so we really, really love Dinard. Is the the attraction of Dinard because it's sort of a a resort town from the Belle Epic from around the year 1900? Yes, I... So you got that fancy... Is that the Dinardesque uh, architecture you're talking about would yes. be resort-style architecture? Definitely. And you would have a lot of... We have nice views over Saint-Malo, and there is a, now Very a nice. famous film festival, too, in Dinard. Right. And what's your other favorite spot, Lisa? Mm, I would recommend, if you were in Dinard and you visited Saint-Malo, there's a, a little boat that takes you across the bay. It's it's you know it's one of those places that's light on museums and heavy on experience <laughs> I guess um, so but then you go over to San Malo and I think it must be the original salted butter caramel so, <laughs> you know they're Coming very back pop- to food yes they've become very popular you know here in the U S but they've been making them in San Malo for a long long time and so it's for foodies I think right. that mm-hmm. you should go there for the seafood. And the salted butter caramels. <laughs> and I just love your idea. Not so great on museums, great on experiences. Yeah. And there's a lot of experiences. Lisa, thanks for your call. Thank you very much. Yeah. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about Brittany, and our guides are Mark Seymour and Virginie Moray. 
Mark and Virginia, you know, I've heard that when you're looking for Brittany, there's a big difference between the culture you'll find in the interior and along the coast. Virginia, what's the deal with that? Well, we have two different parts in the Breton language, the Armor, which is the sea, the coast, and the Arguat, which is the forest and the land. And not so long ago, I mean, we're talking about the beginning of the 20th century, these were definitely two different worlds. Some people who lived in the Arguat, even though they lived 10 miles from the sea, they would have never seen the sea. I mean, we're talking about time we didn't have cars. And also the language. We have different languages. And what was spoken in the middle of Brittany, the land, the forest part, was very different from what was spoken on the coast, which was more Breton, and Breton as different. And inside the land, they were talking more like a, a form of French. So to this, even today in this modern world, are there, are there people who are friends and so on, who one would be from the coast and one would be from the interior that are actually culturally different? Actually, I'm actually from the interior of France, and my husband and his family are from the, the sea. And there's oh, a, so your, your family is a good example of this. Definitely. And there is an ongoing joke. Obviously, we had it at the wedding. But after being married 10 years, we still have it today <laughs> where I'm not from Brittany because Breton was never spoken. And, you know, actually what they call the crepe, we talk about the crepe and how we yeah. have the savory crepe and the sweet crepe. Right. And where I come from in the center of Brittany, we have a different word. We have the galette, galette. which is with the buckwheat flour. Right. But no, in his family, we call them crepes. So I said, <laughs> how do you make the difference between... Salty, savory crepes and sucré, and then the sweet crepes. What's the difference? And the other funny part with my family is that when my uh, husband meets my uh, grandmother for the first time, he could not understand some of the words she was using because within this is Brittany, within You're, Brittany, so, it's French, but it's patois, so it's kind of. Okay. Uh, Somebody told me once that if you want true traditional Brittany, you've got to remember historically the coast had been sort of colonized by the big city people in the modern world but the interior is where the old traditions have survived more vividly. Definitely. Very rural area. Okay. Mark and Virginia, let's just close with, take me to one, what what would you say, Mark, is probably the most uh, remote and exotic and dramatic corner of Brittany? To me, I would say uh, a place up in the Black Mountains, up in in Western Brittany, there's a high land. It's not mountains, but large hills. And there's a particular one called Le Mont Saint-Michel. And uh, on top of this singular hill, sticking in the middle of this beautiful, beautiful moorland, um, you have a chapel, um, which is uh, seven or 800 years old. Uh, it was also actually, I might add, the site of a, a German radar installation during the Second World War. But it's dramatic beyond belief. You have panoramic views right across uh, the moorland of uh, so Western moor is a va- You see a lot of that where you come from in South that's West England, right, these vast right. common grounds. And at a high point, there's an 800-year-old church called Mont Saint-Michel, like the famous abbey. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But different. Very different. Small, okay. um, hardly used now. It's quite a walk to get up uh, there. Um, yes. But the views are spectacular. It's Le Saint-Michel? Le Montagne Saint-Michel. Okay. And... You know, when I look at the map, I see these islands way off to the west, and it must be wild out there where the two seas come together off the far west tip of Europe. The closest to the United States you can be is on Wesson. Oh, and here actually, we go. Ile de Wesson. Wesson. And to get there, you need to take a boat, and it's really rough sometimes, but this is a place where you are far from it all. People live like they've been living maybe 200 years ago. You can stay in a small bed and breakfast, really, really cozy, Really nice, even when it's uh, raining. And when you go to that f- the western part of Wesson, where the closest part to the United States, between the U.S. and France, that's yeah. the Atlantic Ocean we only have there, you see the rocks. And you can imagine how so many ships have been 
you know, yeah. have sunk there and they actually got the wood. There is no tree on this island because of the harsh condition, the wind, the trees do not grow there. So where would they get their wood from? They would get it from the shipwrecks. They would harvest it from the shipwrecks. Yes. So there's a sense of history there. Does it go? How Definitely. far back does that go? This is a long time ago because this used to be the Rail de Wesson. Le Rail de Wesson is what we call this big, uh, the channel we have here where the big boats would come by. Oh, okay. Uh, we have sayings for different islands because they're so rough. I mean, living in Brittany is already rough people, but if you're on the islands, it's even rougher. And qui uh, voit Wesson, whoever uh-huh. sees Wesson, voit son sang sees his blood. Whoever goes to this island is going to see Whoever his own blood. Whoever sees the Whoever island sees sees it, sees, yes. is, is bound to see his qui, own blood. Qui voit Wesson, voit son sang. Such a tough condition, but it's a beautiful place to visit. You think to it's visit. worth going there? Oh, well, I yeah, went a couple of times, more than a picnic? couple of times, and I came back alive. Yes. Very so. good. Okay, <laughs> that's that is if you you can't miss it on the map because it's the little chunk of land off of the west tip of the west tip mm-hmm. of the west tip of Europe. I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been talking with Mark Seymour and Virginie Moray, and we've been exploring Brittany. Merci bien. Merci. Merci beaucoup. Kenavo. Kenavo. What is that? Kenavo is goodbye in the Breton language. In Breton? Yes. Teach me one more Breton word. Degemermat and Brezonek. Rick. Degemermat. Degemermat. What is that? Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Brezonek, Brittany. And how do you say Brittany in Britain? Brezonek. Brezonek. Yes. I'm learning all the time. Rick Steves teaches smart travel to France and beyond. At ricksteves.com, you'll find an archive of interviews from his radio show, free audio tours of Paris's top sites, a monthly travel newsletter, and a world of information to help you turn your travel dreams into smooth and affordable reality. To gear up for your next French adventure, begin your trip at ricksteves.com. <laughs>